0: Why you mad? Why you mad? Why you act so sad? Get out of your bag. Serving God, I'm glad. Why you mad? Why you mad? Why you act so sad? Get out of your bag. Serving God, I'm glad. I only serve one God. Yeah. One nation under God. GG's my squad. Woo. The Bible is the law. Uh. Mike Z and Raw. My squad, two
1: Yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. I'm letting y'all know right now. I'm starting off every episode like that. Go ahead and get used to it. But <laughs> <laughs> welcome to episode three of the Amen Corner Podcast. It is Friday, February 19th, and I am your host, Mike Purvis, and alongside me is my co-host,
0: Joshua Powell.
1: Josh, how you doing today,
0: bro? I'm doing great. I'm feeling amazing today.
1: I feel that. I feel that. Even though we're snowed in like crazy, but... Right. It's (laughs) whatever. all those winters that we had, where it was just one snow and it would melt, we were bound to get this one time or another. (laughs) So, yeah. For real, though. <laughs> Also, while we're on the topic of snow, we want to extend our heartfelt uh, thoughts and prayers to the individuals who are being affected by the winter storms in Texas. We um, pray that you all will um, receive the necessities that you all need as soon as possible. All right. So, this episode, we're going to be talking about a very informative documentary that came out this past week um, concerning the black church. Uh, it aired on PBS and was hosted by Dr. Henry Louis Gates. And it really went into the evolution of the black church from the era of slavery up until this very day. Well, I, I, not necessarily this very day, but up to the times and the climates that we're in now. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about concerning that. Um, it was a very informative documentary, and there's a lot of information that they went through. So um, due to the fact of that we have condensed our trending topics just down to one trending topic that we're going to talk about, touch on and then the the remainder of the show will be dedicated towards uh, what happened in that documentary. Um, But before we fully get into that, there is something that occurred um, within the community of East Johnsburg University that we would feel remiss if we didn't address Um, this. On yesterday, we received some very disheartening news about an incident that occurred in a group chat that existed for uh, one of the classes here at East Johnsburg University in which um, there were some racially insensitive remarks that were used to describe uh, one of the faculty members here, uh, one of the African-American faculty members here. So um, we would just like to say that uh, we here at the Amen Corner podcast stand in solidarity with the Black Student Union at East Strasburg University, as well as individuals that have been affected by this incident, and we also wanna take the time to condemn the racist behavior that has occurred. Uh, we also wanna encourage the administration to be more proactive in its pursuit to educate our communities concerning the dangers and the issues uh, around racial inequality. At the end of the day, um, I know I speak for Josh on this as well as a black student, Uh, I want to be able to make sure that I go to a school that is concerned about me, as well as um, Mm -hmm. is doing the best that it can to create a safe learning environment. And as long as we allow these things concerning racial insensitivity to continue within our community, none of the... uh, black students that attend this university will continue to feel safe. So I feel like um, this administration, um, our president, our interim president, did issue out a statement concerning it, but um, we also want to see action being taken in the form of what the school needs to do as far as um, creating more opportunities and more uh, ways to be able to proactively educate individuals concerning racial insensitivity and truly, um, putting in the work to be able to foster a fully diverse community. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into this trending topic. Um, there was some interesting news that came out concerning our, um, newly elected president, uh, Joe Biden. As many of you all may know or may not know, um, President Biden does identify himself as a Catholic. So, um, there was an archbishop who is a part of the Catholic Church um, who has come out and attacked his stance concerning this, and specifically due to the fact of his support concerning abortion. Um, today, in an interview with the Catholic World Report that was published Saturday, Archbishop Joseph F. Nauman spoke on Biden's pro-choice views, asserting that abortion is, quote, contrary to Catholic moral teaching the president should stop defining himself as a devout Catholic. This is what uh, Archbishop Nauman is saying concerning President Biden. He said that he should stop defining himself as a devout Catholic and acknowledge that his view on abortion is contrary to Catholic moral teaching. Um, Nauman, who was the chairman of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops Committee on Pro-Life Activities, suggested that the president should say that he disagrees with the church on their view on abortion and that he was acting contrary to church teaching. Time won't allow me to continue to go on to what that article says, but it did say that, um, there was an instance where president Biden had attended a Catholic mass and was actually refused communion by a Florida priest due to his stance on abortion. Um, the article did also go on to say an Archbishop Nauman also went on to say that, um, he felt as though Biden's position on, um, abortion was actually setting a bad example for individuals who are Catholic and actually confusing individuals on specifically what um, the teachings of the Catholic Church are. Now, I do have two arguments concerning that. For one, I do not believe that President Biden's official stance on abortion has had as much of a profound impact on the Catholic Church as Archbishop Nauman says it has. Um, I don't believe, because honestly, from what I've heard from President Biden, I don't believe that he has fully linked, he, and he has, as far as I'm concerned, he has never actually linked his belief on abortion to his beliefs concerning the Catholic Church. So, um, I don't specifically agree with him concerning that. Really, um, I'd be interested to see what Pope Francis has said about this. Pope Francis has been a mm-hmm. um, controversial in some uh, eyes of the individuals who are part of the Catholic Church, he has been very controversial concerning his stance toward the LGBTQ community, um, as well as other um, social mm. injustices that go on within our world. So it'll be interesting to say uh, what Pope Francis's um, position concerning President Biden's issues and um, what he believes concerning abortion. It'll be interesting to see what he says about that so continuing to move on within the uh, episode um, as many of you may have listened to last episode would know that we talked about Apostle Frederick Casey Price who was at the time in the hospital still struggling with COVID-19 about 5 hours after we released that episode we received news that Apostle Frederick Casey Price had passed away uh, from complications due to COVID-19 so we decided here at the Amen Corner Podcast that the best way to um, tribute Apostle Price would be to um, highlight him in our Black History Month highlight that we do here on the show that uh, highlights prominent individuals who have contributed to Christendom as a whole who were African-American. Apostle Frederick K.C. Price was born in 1932 in Santa Monica, California in a Los Angeles suburb. He was the eldest son of Winifred and Frederick Price Sr., who owned a janitorial service at West Los Angeles. Frederick attended McKinney Elementary School in Santa Monica, Fauche Junior High, Manual Arts High School, and Dorsey High School in Los Angeles, and then completed two years of schooling at Los Angeles City College. He later received an honorary diploma from the Rama Bible Training Center and an honorary doctorate of divinity degree from, divinity degree from Oral Roberts University. Um, both of his parents, who had once been practicing Jehovah Witnesses at the time that he met his future wife, Betty who had stopped practicing the religion and were also outspoken against all organized religions. While courting Betty, his high school sweetheart, he began attending church services with her. However, after their marriage, he stopped attending church regularly until a group of Los Angeles area churches began sponsoring a week-old-fashioned tent revivals in the Crenshaw area. Price began attending these services with his wife at one of these services. He received Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And... um, Accepted his call into the ministry later on after that. Um, in November 1973, Price moved with about 300 church members from West Washington and Los Angeles in order to establish the Crenshaw Christian Center in Inglewood, California. Membership continued mm-hmm. to grow, and in 1977, the church was forced to hold two services with another service in 1982 because the 1,400 seat capacity was always filled to capacity. In 1981, the church bought the old Pepperdine University campus. After the purchase price oversaw construction of a new sanctuary, and that's where he constructed the Faith Dome, which still stands today. And the uh, ground was broken on the Faith Dome on September 28, 1986, and construction began on January 5th, 1987. Construction was completed in 89 of the 10,146-seat dome at a cost of more than $10 million at the time of its dedication on January 21st, 1990 the dome and the church's property were both fully paid for leaving the ministry debt free and we of course want to thank God for the life of Apostle Frederick Casey Price and we continue to pray for his family and um, the Crenshaw Christian Center family and the ever increasing faith ministries as they navigate through this difficult time alright so with all of that being said let's go ahead and jump into this main topic I've been talking a lot um, <laughs> Josh, I want to go ahead and um, let you start this off a little bit. Um, the Black Church documentary. What did you think about it?
0: I Honestly, think it was a yo. I actually liked it. I enjoyed it, and it's actually crazy because um, you know, you told me about it to watch it, and also um, in the in the Bible study group chat that I'm in, it's called the Move. Right. This is called the Move Bible study. It's actually on Instagram as well. Right and you know literally um she posted it in the in the um the group chat talking about that this is a great documentary so what i did was i watched it and i enjoyed it because you know it was definitely a lot of history and stuff that i didn't even know right because the thing is like um you know not like not everybody knows about like the history from the beginning of the black church from when it started with slavery to you know now right so you know, there's definitely a lot of great history that I've learned in there. Um, you know, John Legend was in it. Um, who else was in it? Uh,
1: Kirk was in it. Uh, Shirley Cedar. You oh, know, Kirk Franklin Kirk was, Frank in, was it. in it. Shirley Caesar was in it. Um, there also, I think you made some very interesting points concerning um, the black. i uh, concerning what the beginning of the uh, documentary talked about. Um, the beginning of the documentary um, pretty much covered. Um, our ancestors in Africa all the way up to about the beginning of the civil rights movement um, there was a lot of interesting things that I learned about the black church um, for the most part it was the fact that um, how because we always hear people talk about you know um, Christianity was forced upon us by our um, by the slave masters and Christianity was a white man's religion and the ancestors didn't really have that but what I Found that was interesting. I don't know if you caught this in the beginning, but it actually talked about how there were some adapted forms of Roman Catholicism that Africans had actually adopted and actually had before Christopher Columbus even came uh, to America. Well, quote unquote, came to America. He really landed somewhere else, but that's another topic for another day. Right? Yeah, that's that's a whole other episode. We ain't gonna get into that, but. after, uh, that there were actually some sp- sprouts of Christianity that existed in Africa before colonizers had came and taken us over, and really um, the stance that really should be taken is not just that Christianity was forced upon us, but really the theology was changed um, the, it's really, uh, the documentary really got in and delved into how slave masters and white Christians were able to Manipulate doctrine and manipulate theology. I don't know if you saw this too, Josh, but they literally took out about ninety percent of the Book of Exodus, and the Book of Exodus. I peeped that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that talks about um the children of Israel and how they made it out because they did not want the slaves to read about that and then get some ideas. So really, it it talk and it really goes back to what we talked about in the uh, in the very first episode when we talked about the evangelicals, how white supremacy. Um, was how white supremacy has affected theology, and how really how it has, um, how it was used to keep our ancestors uh, docile in a way, and to keep them from wanting to fight for our freedom. And even then, when it came down to um, when we were allowed to actually have um, when our and our ancestors, actually say, were allowed to have church services, how there had to be white people present in order to make sure that the preacher wasn't preaching anything that they didn't like and how even then um, there were some individuals who would come in and pray in churches where there was a black individual who came and prayed in the church and then he got kicked out and then got into the whole beginning of the African American Episcopal Church and how African Americans were able to then get their own land to build their churches. Um, And they really delved into that. And I like that part a lot. Um, One of the things that I'm glad the um, documentary touched on was the uh, role of the women. In the church, I think that's a uh, still an issue that the church is still uh, working to fight. Concerning um, just as far as how God used these women to be able to um, be voices and be strong and have strong presence within our church, so I think it was really important that uh, Dr. Gates interviewed very prominent women in the church, and I think that it was very important that he talked about that. Um, it was very interesting to see the importance of the black church as far as the role that it has played in the black community as a whole um, we're in a little bit of a different space now because um, really since the and the documentary talked about this as well since the um, assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King the black church has not really been in the forefront of the movement for social action um, all mm. the way up until slavery up until now Um, We even think about as there were so many points when it came to the Emancipation Proclamation and even getting into that, how it was ministers. I don't know if you peeked this in the documentary as well, but it was ministers who had had actually um, debated and lobbied for the 40 acres and a mule that we always um, hear about. So to hear that individuals as far as black ministers and black pastors and the role that they played within our community. Um, it's something that you definitely don't see um, concerning now. Now, when we get into and concerning and talking about the um, what happens after Dr. King, you know, um, passes away, we begin to see sort of this move concerning Reverend Jesse Jackson and Reverend Al Sharpton that continue in Dr. King's legacy as far as being individuals and being leaders who outside of the four walls of the church are going out and continuing and advocating for the rights of our people. And I believe that um, the impact that Reverend Sharpton, who, side note, since me and Josh are both here, is a member of our fraternity, the greatest fraternity in the world, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, sir. <laughs> but I, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. I had to add that in there. But to be able to see the black church's impact to be able to see the, uh, to learn about the impact that music has had in, um, mm-hmm. in the black church um, there has really been a lot of, and especially since we have because I believe that the black church is in a state right now where we're beginning to unlearn a lot of the um, evangelical dogma and doctrine that has so permeated our churches um, and uh, many people have really started to get within the means of what is happening concerning gospel music today um as far as the takeover in our churches i should say i take over because i'm it's a lack of better words i can't think of another word that can come into my mind right now but the um the constant use i should say of christian contemporary music that is being uh perpetrated by white churches and white artists that we constantly sing in our churches. And it has been an issue that has come up within the gospel music community of the fact that we are, um, in a sense mimicking their sound and at the end of the day, we are not, um, being played on their radio stations in return. and It has really caused a lot of controversy and debate concerning what is going on with that. But the one thing and the one constant that I believe that, um, is unique to the black church is that our songs come out of experience. Um, right, the, like, yo,
0: I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, go ahead, bro. Like, like it's crazy, cause yo, when I was listening, cause I was listening to the songs, I'm like, yo, like, as you were saying, when it came to slavery, um, like you know, they're trying to figure out ways to escape, and when you know they're like, you know, removing the Book of Exodus, right? And mind you, some people don't know know about the Book of Exodus, but Exodus was like a book where like the, the exit, yeah, because Exodus book. exit. That's about the music and stuff like that, and mind you, like the evolution of music changed. Yeah. Cause you know, it, it started off because like you know slavery trying to kind of like be free, and you know just just be free from slavery and just be free from bondage shackles and all that kind of stuff that they were talking about in those songs, mm-hmm. right? And now like the music now like you know of course when the um the era of like you know gangster rap came out with like you know they're actually they're actually talking about um. Which one was it? Um, which? Oh uh, shoot, I can't one? think about it. Um, I know Ice Cube was in it. Um, yeah, Cube was in it. They are really more so talked about. And
1: I didn't know this because forgive us, we were born in 1999, so I'm sorry that we we weren't around that much for that. But I didn't know right. that. <laughs> I didn't know that Stomp charted the R and B um, the top R and B and hip hop uh charts
0: yeah bro I didn't even know that either that's why so I that
1: documentary the goat low key but yeah I, I get what you're saying concerning the um the overall bridge I think that's what you're trying to get at as far as yeah. how we have been able to um, take as far as the church I'm saying has been able to take things that have come out as far as what is going on in the world and the music of the world quote unquote and to be able to put that in and put our own spin to it and how vice versa how many of our artists come from the church you mentioned John Legend um, John Legend is a I think he grew up in the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World which is the apostolic yes, yeah, which is the apostolic uh, Pentecostal denomination and so many artists that have been influenced by the church so many main um, figures within the black community that have been influenced nah it's funny the
0: church. cause oh, my go oh. ahead go ahead nah cause <laughs> you who <know, nah>, so, <laughs> was that tweeted of, not tweeted but uh, I saw an Instagram post by uh, Doctor Matthew Stevenson, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he actually posted. He was like, "Oh, John Legend spoke in tongues. I didn't know that <laughs> I was dumb, <dying. laughs> said, yeah. Let me find out That's John Legend crazy. got the Holy Ghost. <laughs>
1: right. Oh Lord, that yeah, that started, that was pretty funny. But um, yeah, it's just the impact that the music in church has had, and, and even um, and even still has today as far as um. yolanda adams was saying in the documentary how the music in the church affects how you will be able to receive the word and even as far as Mm -hmm. um the pioneers of the hoop and as far as the pioneers of how the preaching style of uh of african-american preachers has gone and evolved as far as um the impact of reverend cl franklin and the uh impact of records that were being made as far as the phonograph has been concerned and we really start to see really the the beginning and infancy of the Christian media and the Christian, um, of the overall platform that the Christian pastor does have, um, and as far as the impact that the black church has had concerning that. So I think that really it was a lot of things that, um, that we have seen that the black church has not just contributed to our community, but has contributed to our, um, to Christendom as a whole, Really. And I think that it was very interesting to see that. Um, I did like how they, like I said, they did um, deal with a lot of the issues as far as the, and when I say issues, I'm saying things that the black church um, still wrestles with as far as um, the LGBTQ community and other things concerning that. So it did also go into parts of that as well as um, what the role of social justice looks like. Um, In the up and coming years, as far as individuals, like I said, as Al Sharpton, Reverend Jesse Jackson, and even now, um, as we have Bishop William Barber, who has also been a very prominent part of the fight concerning uh, the civil rights movement. So, we say all of that to say this. um, Dr. Jamal Bryant, in his reaction to the church, actually gave us our million dollar question. Um, and our million dollar question is um, what role should the black church have in the pandemic um, we talked about the pandemic a lot in the last episode if you haven't listened to that go ahead and get that a listen um, as far as how the role of the church has changed and as far as how churches are adapting to that role but then, like I said we talked about that so we're really not going to take time now to get into that more so, we're going to talk about what we feel as though the church needs to do. Um, And as far as on my end, I'll let Josh go after I'm through, but I feel as though um, the church needs to start focusing on ways um, to establish their presence that does not fully entail within um, what we traditionally see as church as far as what we see in the four walls. Um, pastor John Jenkins who is um, my cousin's pastor from Maryland over at First Baptist at Glen Arden um, says, and I'm paraphrasing here says something along the lines of if you are a church you cannot do ministry outside of the four walls then you really need to reevaluate how you do ministry and a lot of churches have had to do that because for so far we've been so used to coming into the four walls of the church and receiving our uh, blessing from God and receiving our solace there as far as a place of safety and to be able to come and you know lay down all of our burdens that we've been going and carrying throughout the week. But at the end of the day, um, Jesus did commission us to go out into the world. He did not say go out and establish a church and then sit in there and then not go out and establish a community. He said go ye out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature Um, which means everybody deserves the word no matter um, what they may be going through. And I believe that the church needs to start looking at ways that they can expand their reach outside of the four walls. And I believe that has really hurt us as well as in the sense of um, social justice issues as well. And I believe that's why a lot of individuals have strayed away from the church. And that's also another thing that the documentary talked about as well as why um, individuals within our generation and also the generation concerning um, the millennials are starting to tear away from the institution of the church not necessarily um, from God per se but they have in a way separated themselves from the institution of the church so now the question becomes how does the church as an institution um, reestablish itself within our community and I, like I said I, before I believe that that really entails um, what we do as far as going beyond the church um, I we are fortunate to you know, be a part of a church, uh, Greater Shallow Church. Shout out our pastors, Pastor Phil, Pastor Christina. We love y'all. Um, we are really fortunate to be a part of a church that is very active in our community um, as far as being able to um, provide homeless shelters as well as other services that are needed within the community of uh, where we live here in Eastern Pennsylvania. So um, I believe that the church should also provide refuge and help for the black community. Um, as we all know that since we are part of this, um, country that does not see black people as equals, even still to this day, um, it is very, um, unreasonable in some instances for us to, as black Americans, to depend on, um, entities such as the government and such things to be able to fully protect us because they know that, we know that there are many individuals who still sit within the halls of Congress that do not have black individuals best interests in mind. So I believe that if the church really wants to reestablish its prominence, then it must start looking at ways that it can help and be proactive towards our communities. As we looked in the documentary as well, we saw that that was happening as well, um, especially after Reconstruction had fallen apart after the rise of the Ku Klux Klan, and even as well as um, the great migration that was occurring and how individuals were not able to fully receive jobs um and how the church was able to fully receive jobs and even there were some churches that offered reading programs that helped our people to get literate there were programs that helped our people to get out to vote and even then if you even want to uh fully look at the grand scheme of things the impact that the southern christian leadership um the sclc i can't think of the other part of the um acronym at the moment but the southern christian leadership conference that's what it is um that was headed by dr martin luther king and other prominent pastors in the South, that really spearheaded the um, civil rights movement as far as being able to uplift and uphold our community. I believe that the church has got to be able to get um, into a state where we offer um, our resources and we offer what we have to be able to support the individuals of our community who are going through and who have lost their jobs. There's been a lot of job loss, there's been a lot of um, financial. Um, there's been a huge financial drought, I should say, um, that has really been experienced not only within our community, but um, all across our community, all across the um, country, and even the world as well. But especially within our community, we want to be able to make sure that the black church specifically um, does what they need to do in order to be able to ensure that our communities are well taken care of. And I believe we can still do that and still offer Christ to people as well as not. I believe that once we show, that we are active within the community because there has been so many individuals in, um, how should I say this? There's been so many individuals who have not, who have been in a position of leadership within our churches that have fully expressed through their actions that the community has not and will not ever be in their best interest. So we need to make sure that we mm-hmm. have prominent leaders who are integral, that we can trust, that truly have the heart of our community and that can fully be able to um, give our community resources to be able to sustain ourselves. Um, As far as, also as many of you may know, throughout this pandemic, we have still and will, and yet still suffer through the social injustices um, of being an African American within America. Um, With even in the last few months, I think of the summer with the incident concerning George Floyd and the, um, the incident concerning Breonna Taylor. Uh, the incidents that continue to happen as far as unarmed black men and women that are being gunned down by our police that are still suffering at the hands of police brutality and white supremacy Um, also as far as uh, what they were talking about in the documentary as well as what happened about, what was that, four or five years ago when Emanuel A.M.E., which actually was talked about a hundred years prior to what had happened concerning Emanuel A.M.E. with um, the white supremacists who had went in there and assassinated so many of the members and the pastor of that church. And actually, the sad part about that is a 100 years ago, the um, at the same place that that church stood, white supremacists actually destroyed the church. So to be able to see that, and it was really, I believe, a message within itself that even then, we are still fighting some of the battles that our ancestors continue to fight. And at the end of the day, um, it is no better time than now for the church to continue to uphold its position that it has always had concerning social justice um, as far as being more proactive in the fight of social justice. Now, I will say that um, we cannot expect that specifically to look like how it looked in the 60s, to look like how it looked in the 70s and 80s and 90s and what have you, and even going back even further than that. Um, I believe that um, we need to be able to fully give ourselves as the black church to be able to stand with those, Um, the Bible says, I can't think of what verse it is now, but I think it's somewhere in Isaiah that, um, we are, that we have a mandate to stand with those who are oppressed. And, um, I believe that, excuse me, I believe that the black church specifically has a mandate to stand with our black community as we are continuing to be oppressed and we continue to live under the oppression of white supremacy and to be, and to continue to stand in solidarity with our community to continue to say that enough is enough. So, I've talked enough and I need some water. So, Josh,
0: exactly. Josh, go ahead and,
1: uh, and let us know your answer to the question. Uh, what role should the black church have in the pandemic?
0: So, definitely, um, I agree when it comes to, you know, outside of the four walls. Um, because, you know, ministry is not just only in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely, you know, outside of the church and how you serve outside of the church as well as you do inside of the church because you know definitely you know as the black church you know we're so used to you know seeing you know okay we're in church we're you know we're in this ministry or we're in this ministry or we're serving in this ministry right but you know literally you also got to think about it we're also in a pandemic Mm -hmm. so it's like okay how can we actually do this in a pandemic so it comes to the point where it's like we have to be creative yeah. Right, we have to find out creative ways. Um, and of course, you know, social distancing, you know, just follow the CDC, CDC guidelines, right? And, um, like, when, I, when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, bet. So, you know, I could definitely, you know, do this and I can do that depending on what the ministry is. Like, let's say, for example, um, so I know some churches, you know, they meet up online, like, they, they meet up like for let me see like worship like yeah. when it comes to like worship and um so yeah like worship for example like my my church specifically like you know they meet up but like you know they make sure that they're like six six feet you know separate from each other mm-hmm. right when it comes to worship and um you know they have their microphones and everything like that right but you know they make sure that you know they're six feet apart while in worship you know they make sure they record you know the sermons before they actually you know, release them on the Sunday, right? So, literally, it's, like, being creative like that. Also, not even just that, but also, like, you know, serving the community, especially the fact that, you know, there's not a lot of people that are actually going into church anymore. They're actually watching it online. Yeah. But another thing, you know, also serving the community as well, like, for example, you know, some people are really out here, you know, in shelters right now, Um, you know, homeless right now, like, don't have anywhere to stay. So it's another thing we also got to serve the communities, like find out ways how we can actually, you know, impact, you know, the people that are actually like, you know, that need food, that need probably clothes. But I mean clothes, like my opinion on clothes, I feel like it it depends, you know, because the the pandemic and stuff and, you know, some people.
1: Like I said, you got to, like, like what you're continuing to say, you got to be a little bit more creative about what you do and how you do it as far as um, what you want to do to be able to help your community
0: go ahead exactly so yeah definitely you know being more creative um definitely just like um yeah like i think that's really all i have to say when it comes to that just being really creative when it comes to the church and you know find out ways how you can actually hit up this network this network this network and this network I feel like it's all just like a networking and even then kind of thing as
1: well. Even then, you're saying a lot but as far as um, being creative because if the church wants to continue to maintain, I believe that if the church wants to continue to maintain its prominence, that you cannot continue to do the, the same things that you were doing pre-pandemic. And you cannot continue to have the same methods that you had pre-pandemic. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be a whole new world once we get out of this. So um, there may be some mm-hmm. things that you were used to doing ministries that weren't that may not be able to work and I also believe that um, what you were saying concerning ministries even before in the black church outreach was a ministry that was just separate on its own but I believe that every right. aspect of the church needs to include outreach in one way or another like and that's why I believe that was going to be the way that the black church continues to maintain its prominence and continues to um, act as a safe haven for those individuals who are seeking refuge all right so with that being said, we want to thank you so much for joining us here at the Amen Corner Podcast. Um, if you would like to go ahead, we actually, what am I trying to say? I'm sorry. We want you to go ahead and follow our social media pages. Uh, we are on Facebook and Instagram right now. Twitter is coming. We're also going to be looking into ways to um, expand our platforms as far as not just having this show on SoundCloud. but We're going to look into ways to get this on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts and whatever uh, platform that you prefer to listen to this on. So, like I said, we're growing. Make sure you like us on Facebook. There's been a lot of people that have liked us so far. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, at the Amen Corner Podcast. That's how I said it, at the Amen Corner Podcast. And also, we want you to be able to uh, follow our hashtag. It's not necessarily, we don't really have a copyright on it, but we're going to call it our hashtag. Uh, Hashtag, let the church say amen. That's the hashtag that we're going with as far as We want to be able to get this uh, out. We want to be able to spread the word about what we're doing here. We want to be able to grow our Amen Corner. So please follow us on social media. Connect with us there. Engage with us there. And we will see you right back here and hopefully in other places, not just here and hopefully in other platforms. Um, Next same time, Friday at 3 o'clock, I'm Michael Purvis.
0: And I am Joshua Powell.
1: We want to thank you for joining us, and we want to wish you a great week or weekend whenever you're listening to this. And God bless you. Why you mad?
0: Why you mad? Why you act so sad? Get out of your bag. Serving God, I'm glad. Why you mad? Why you mad? Why you act so sad? Get out of your bag. Serving God, I'm glad. I only serve one God. Yeah. One nation under God. GG is my squad. Woo. The Bible, list the law. Uh. Mike's F and Raw. My squad, two two.